0: Hi, Brian. Sylvia here. I have enjoyed listening to Jesus Smart and have been greatly blessed by encouraging words, thought-provoking conversations, and sound
1: doctrine. Hey there. Welcome, friend. Welcome to the podcast today. We have a special guest. John Bloom is with us, a teacher and co-founder of Desiring God with John Piper the website desiringgod.org. We have a clear-eyed, clear-minded look today at the faithfulness of God via His Word in our times of challenge and trial. Welcome to episode 290 of Jesus Smart, the podcast friend. I'm Brian Del Turco. And if you want to take things further on today's theme, you can see the show notes page for this episode at jesussmart.com slash I believe that Jesus Christ is brilliant for all of life, and he's absolutely passionate about developing his followers as intimate friends, and let's take it a step further, co-agents in his kingdom. Now, friend, let's be real. Can we be real for just a moment? And I'm going to have a very quick prayer at the end of the podcast today, just a one minute prayer. I hope you'll join me for that. But if we can be real, that if we're going to have staying power in our Christian faith, And let's be clear that this power is supplied by an ongoing trust in God's faithfulness. We will need to come into a a level in our faith, a seasoned faith, if we could put it that way, that can handle life, handle work, handle ministry, handle all the domains of our life over the longer term. Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble, but take courage. I have overcome the world. Jesus gave a profound statement to Peter on the night before his death. He said, what I do now, you do not realize, but you will understand it later. I'm going to say that's an M.O. of God, a modus operandi. God develops our trust in him. We can actually have peace that goes beyond our limited understanding even in the face of struggle, trial, and challenges. And so these are some deeper waters. And in this conversation with John Bloom from Desiring God, he equips us, I found this personally very beneficial, to trust the faithfulness of God via his word. This is a solid value exchange for your time. Here's our conversation. Enjoy and benefit. Okay, listeners, thanks for joining us today. I'm uh... I'm inspired about this topic. There's some things I've been going through personally in our family that this really relates to today, and I think that it's uh, really part of the human condition and how we relate to God, His faithfulness, and is He faithful? Can we trust His Word? It says in Psalms 25.10 that all the paths of the Lord are steadfast love and faithfulness. But what if we're going through a season where it doesn't quite feel that way and look that way to us? Well, the Scriptures, you know, as we get more acquainted with the Bible, the Scriptures are full of examples of people struggling with God to trust Him, frankly, in seasons of disappointment or disaster, depression, deep grief, only to see then God's faithfulness surface at some point later in manifesting in surprising ways. We have a, a great guest with us today, John Bloom. Serves as the co founder and teacher at Desiring God. Many of you have heard about Desiring God with John Piper. And he's the author of several books Not by Sight, Things Not Seen, and Don't Follow Your Heart. That's at desiringgod.org. He has hundreds of articles there. And John is married to his wife, Pam. John, welcome today. Thank you for carving out a few minutes. And tell us about your family and about your work and calling there at Desiring God. Thanks, Brian. It's,
0: uh, it's really a, an honor. To be with you yeah well I mean my desiring God is um, almost 30 years old um, and um, it got started because I was I became John Piper's like first executive assistant back in 1993 so okay so um, this this July it will be 30 years inside since he and I began a ministry partnership about Nine or ten months later, into early, you know, the first part of uh, 1994, um, due to uh, due to a number of circumstances, some of which were pretty grievous in uh, in the life of Bethlehem Baptist Church, where John was was the the, the pastor, and uh, my wife and I were members there. And um, and there was a the the church went through a real grievous time um, because one of the one of the pastoral associate pastoral staff members was caught in a long term adultery uh relation adulterous relationship with with someone and that created um like it always does yeah just a, a time of tumult in the church. Um and as a result of that tumult, you know, a number of very precious friends um ended up deciding not to remain at Bethlehem and um one of the one of uh the 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 relational consequences was this elderly couple that had overseen the cassette tape ministry and and uh for your younger youth listeners that can probably <laughs> hardly um, understand what that is uh but uh back you know still in the early 90s we were using cassette tapes to record yeah and distribute um sermons and so though that elderly couple decided to leave and, um, John Piper just walked into my office one day and just said, we need somebody to take over the tape ministry. I just need you to make it happen. I like, solved the problem. Okay. <laughs> and so, so I started thinking about it and went back a couple days later and said, you know what we should do here, John is, and then I pitched him an idea of kind of creating a more strategic resource ministry mm. within the church, okay. as long as we had this time to rethink things. And so that just, that kicked off, uh, this, this ministry. Um, he said, great idea. We should call it Desiring God, um, which was the title of his best known book at the mm. time. And, mm-hmm. and so I walked out of his office saying, okay, I got to start Desiring God ministries. And, um, wow. and that's how it started. Wow. That was 30 years ago. And, and here we are. Um,
1: so that, now it's almost
0: all completely online. All the all the resources and they're free. It's, it's massive. It's
1: it's truly massive and influential, and it's amazing. That was a seminal time of a very negative um, season there, right? And devastation. But it, but yeah. it, it was birthed out of that.
0: Well, it's a it's it's kind of a pic, it's a picture of the we're going to be talking about the faithfulness of God, and it's a picture of one of those confusing providential moments when something terrible happens nobody wanted that to happen nobody planned for that of course no yeah. human you know plan for this terrible thing to happen um, and it did and then out of that i mean i don't know you know i'm sure you know god obviously could have done it a different way got desiring god ministry started but,
2: but regardless like out of the ashes of that terrible event um a number you know
0: the, and design god isn't the only thing that could be pointed to but but out of that emerged this this ministry that that has become something that god has used you know just to to reach folks and encourage folks in the faith and 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 it's just it's 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 a picture it's that it is. there are things going on there are things going on in the darker providences of the the, the the tragic moments, the grievous moments, the the suffering moments that where we just go, oh, "What good? I mean, could possibly come out of this? This, this is ridiculous."
2: Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: why did God let this happen?
2: Mm. Mm-hmm. And it's a
0: picture. God, the faithfulness of God. It, when, when we're talking about the faithfulness of God, we're not, you know, when we say God is good all the time,
2: mm-hmm.
0: right? That's a, a lot of people love to.
1: Cushion.
2: To
0: make that yeah. claim, God is good all the time. And that's a theologically true statement. It's just that it's not a simplistic statement. The goodness of God, the faithfulness of God, looks sometimes, when, w- w- as yeah. it's playing itself out, it, it can look all wrong. Mm. And that's a, mo- that's a motif that is laced all the way through Scripture, once you start seeing it.
2: I, um, and, and, yeah.
1: and
0: that's the burden of the book, is to help people grasp mm. that dimension of God's that's... faithfulness in particular.
1: I can feel that and um, uh, this is going to be good where, you know, I was out praying this morning and something we're going through right now, in fact, that is, we were blindsided by and Mm. it is grievous. It's depressing. It's creating insomnia. In fact, John, I'll be honest with you. I've been looking forward to my talk with you. But this morning I told my wife, I said, I think I'm going to have to ask to reschedule. I just don't know if I Ugh. am up to this today, but I was, I felt challenged later by it. Nah, Brian, you know, be strong in the Lord and be more professional than that. <laughs> and, uh, and actually it may prove to be, um, something that will be quite, quite helpful as we discuss this. Amazing. You're talking about providences like we've heard of the word providence. We understand that providence is I've never heard it in that, in that as a plural word like that, but you just mean God's, actions, his providential activity at, in different events and things that we may not, we may see or we may, or, or we may not see for a while, right? How, how he is active and how he's good in that?
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah. When, when, you know, God's providence, um, so it's, it's when we, we, we talk about God's sovereignty, right, mm-hmm. and we all, and we can talk about God's providence, and they are, are obviously related, but they're not synonyms. So, so when we talk about God's sovereignty, we're talking about, you know, the the rule of God, his 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 ultimate and absolute authority mm. over all of reality. He mm-hmm. reigns as the sovereign God, and um, and no one can oppose His will. You know, so so there's all those qualities.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Providence is God's intentional action in reality so that's we we, he's acting providentially and you know that's where we get the word provision and you know like it's it's something is when we are provided for you know so those are provisions providence is uh is god god acting he is he is he is orchestrating Aspect, you know, all aspects of reality. He I mean, that's part of his sovereignty. It's the way he intentionally acts. Sure. So it's the playing out yeah. of his sovereignty in the real events. And that's why I call them providences, because we experience them as numerous different kinds of events that all can going on simultaneously. <laughs> um and God and and God has multiple intentions and purposes in everything he does. You know, something John this John Piper has said in the past numerous times, like, like, you know. God has ten thousand reasons for everything he does, and we might know at any given time three.
2: You know? Oh, wow. Yeah.
0: Um and and that's a really, really important concept to have in mind when we are dealing with um the 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 dark providences, which which the Bible does two things, what we see two Two things about those in in Scripture, we see that God, um, he's not he's not just a passive observer of dark things. He's we see His hand in them. You you, you can look back to the Old Testament and back in in Genesis where you got Joseph, right toward the you know when when he's just when he's just revealed you know himself to his brothers. well, it's a little bit later, you know, they're toward, closer you know, toward the end of his life. But, but you know, they, he tells his brothers who had betrayed him yeah. into slavery, made his life miserable for who knows, you know, 15 years or 20 years, who knows how long, how long that was. And he says, you meant it for evil,
2: but God means it for good. Yes. God meant it for good. Amazing. Now, that is a really profound theological statement that b- that both helps us to kind of hold it together
0: in the in the really hard moments of life, but it 's not something we can get our mind around you know god doesn 't expect us to, f- to understand how that all w- works what it's meant to do is to is to help us trust him. Trust that he will not act unfaithfully toward us, even when it looks like he
2: may be. Is that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like at this point in time, it's an incident. It's a season. It's an experience that we're going through. And of course our point of view is always much lower than God's point of view, isn't it? And um yeah. that's where the trust and the faithfulness I guess comes from, right? Um one that's of your right. one of your meditations in your book, by the way, the book is called True to His Word by Moody Publishers, um, uh, Meditations of the Uh Faithfulness of God. I think it's when Jesus was watching washing Peter's feet. Peter's opposing him, Peter's
2: mm-hmm.
1: not in sync with what's happening, you know. Um, and then, and then Jesus says, um, what I'm doing now, you do not understand, but you will understand it afterward. Um, yeah. Could you comment on that, on that meditation that what we may be going through right now, we just have no appreciation for it or very limited appreciation, but afterward, the afterward is coming. That's right.
2: Yeah. I'd be happy to, um, so we're talking about um, John chapter thirteen,
0: and Jesus is Jesus is getting his disciples ready for the most disorienting ex- experience that they will ever have. Oh, yeah, and that's his death. They they still don't. He's been talking about it, but you know, it, it's not. Because they were working with a particular paradigm in their mind in terms of what you know who the Messiah was going to be and, w- and how it was all going to play out, um, it was really hard for them to understand what he meant. You know, it was clear that he that they still didn't get it there mm-hmm. as he's coming
2: mm-hmm.
0: approaching the cross, and so mm-hmm. so there he is. He, he gets and he starts washing, washing the feet of the disciples and it would have have been an odd thing because culturally that was backwards that's all these guys had spent all their lives believing that you know for for honored people honored people get their feet washed they don't wash other people that's 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 a form of degradation it's a it's a it's a humiliation it's a it's a lower ranking thing and so um peter's in, you know, if Peter's motives are good here. He he loves Jesus, and so he does not want to dishonor him by letting him touch his unclean feet. Because who knows what he's walked in, right? And he, he could have been, you know, according to the Jewish law, polluted. And that would pollute Jesus, and Jesus is the last thing he'd want to do.
2: Hmm. Yeah,
0: um, And that's, <laughs> you can see what's, gonna, what's happening with the cross, because Jesus is about to be polluted by Peter's
2: uncleanness wow. Wow. Wow.
0: in a more much more profound way sure and, and he's and so jesus is trying to get peter ready to understand that
2: <laughs> oh
1: yeah
0: and then he says if you and so peter pulls his feet away when jesus gets him says no by no means are you going to wash my feet lord and jesus says
2: if i do not wash you you have no part with me now you can see how that relates to the cross um a little bit later, and so so Peter's like, Whoa. oh, I, oh, I don't know, just, like, I don't, I don't really get this.
0: But here, you know, have my feet and my hands and my head, like, like, wa- like, you want to wash me, wash me completely, and you know, you can just hear Jesus's affection, like, you know, Peter, just need to wash your feet here. Um, but but when he's but but when he's Peter has objected, first Jesus Jesus's first response is. What I'm doing, you do not understand now, but you will understand afterward. Okay. So we have, we're watching everything from the benefit of all the historical, you know, like unpacking of it. We, we, we see it playing out. We, 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 we would have all been probably like Peter bewildered and like, Mm -hmm. what in the world is he doing? And I don't get this. And, and, and what I, what I, the point that I make in this particular devotional, in this, this particular meditation is that, when Jesus says that to Peter, um, it, that is an important principle of faith that can be applied in every area of the, of the Christian life. Because so much of our, of our experience of walking by faith and not by sight is trusting Jesus now and understanding later. Mm. Things are occurring here yep. that are confusing. They seem backwards. They seem, it seems like God, like God is actually violating, you know, what we understand to be the way thing, how the way things should operate.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And, 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 you know, we can look back and we can say, yeah, well, Peter was affected by his culture. You know, that's, that's great because that's really easy to do once you are looking at it from, from a historical distance. When you're in your own culture, yeah. you mm-hmm. are not seeing things clearly we all think we, we can see things clearly we we are wearing the lenses of our culture and when we have objections to god and what he's doing we have no idea to what degree you know we're being actually affected by by our current understanding of reality as opposed to the reality being presented in scripture so that's the that's where a lot of the confusion often comes. We, like, this is not right. It can't, this can't be right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What c- could I and, ask? What would you say to the person? You know, we're all, when we're first, when we first come to Christ and we experience regeneration and we're born again, as Jesus said, it is within some church or some theological system of belief that that occurs. And, what would you say then maybe later maybe that theological system or that even church culture if we want to say that or that you know the culture of that of that that flavor of of christianity i'm kind of searching for words but does not appreciate what you're talking about <laughs> is there some sense in which the lord may through his word and through circumstances and through leading us be calling be calling us to um to uh, graduate into some deeper waters of how this this world is and how he works and what it means to trust his faithfulness, you know, you know what I'm
0: saying? I do. I do. And, and <laughs> so I mean, that's a really, really good question. And it's, and, um, it's, uh, it's not simplistic because I think, you know, any, anybody who takes their faith Seriously and takes the Bible seriously. Um you know what when you buy a pair of a new pair of shoes, when you first put them on, you know, they're 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 less comfortable, and as you wear them in and they and they form around your feet and hmm. whatever, you know, they become more comfortable. Um same with a baseball glove, same with you know, your favorite, you know, other piece of clothing. You know, you, you just think of that. Like that's that's how um often things the way things work our homes are like that they come new and then and then after a while you live in it and, and it becomes part of you but the the christian life like the, in, in terms of our theological understanding actually tends to work the other way we we come in to it um it's more it's actually more like how a child you know what a child experiences when they're young and when a child then goes through adolescence and, and becomes an adult it, you come in you're taught things um, and then and you bel- if you believe them, you might you become re- really zealous a lot of it m- makes sense. it seems to put everything kind of into into a, an understandable framework for you, and you feel good and then as you go as you go through life, it becomes less comfortable and b- it's because you become more aware of the nuances you, your your experiences press against um Assertions and understandings and interpretations, and while while Scripture itself is God's, you know, um, authoritative and inerrant word, no theological system of interpretation of God's word is infallible and you know completely authoritative <laughs> and certainly not inerrant. Sure. Every theological system is going to have its defects, and and it's going to have its limits in in its ability to explain things that we find to be conundrums for us. Yeah, yeah. And so, so we we actually become less like we we find like oh I'm not sure I I, I don't know what to do with that or I've got um you know you, you end up you end up giving less comfortable in saying things that you have come to realize are not as clear as they once seemed in terms of you know how it's explained um and you know that's that's got to be uh something that we come to um appreciate because paul when he does his his best to unpack God's sovereignty and election in, in Romans, you know, you got you got Romans 8, this glorious chapter, and then you got Romans 9 and Romans 10. And then toward the end of chapter 11, he just bursts out with that doxological, you know, statement, you know, who can know the mind of the Lord and who has been his counselor? Who has ever given to God that God should repay him? You know,
2: hmm. and,
0: yeah. and then he, and he says. And this, um, he says. To launch it off, he says, "Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God! How unsearchable are His judgments? How inscrutable are His ways?" So God has judgments.
2: Judgments that are
0: that are. What I mean by judgments is not just like. I don't mean I don't think Paul means by judgments uh cuz he's um that like the God's angry or wrathful judgment upon sin that's one that's one of his judgments yeah, but it, yeah. it means his his de- you know it's like a it's like a, how a judge makes a ruling
1: a decision what he what he what he
0: determines yeah to to do is what he judges to be the right thing to do sure is unsearchable often for us. Like, and what that means is you're gonna you're gonna come up to the edge and go, I don't, I cannot see beyond
2: this. Like,
1: you know. And to be honest, we inscrutable, may inscrutable. Inscrutable. What does that mean? un, un you cannot understand, right? You, yeah, it just means
0: it means his his ways are inscrutable. Like you can't you can't figure them out. You can't go, ah, I can trace. You know. I can see what's going on here. I can trace the the, the logic. It, you know, it, it, you might with some backwards. You know, like with, with the benefit of of a, of you know some some history and seeing how things played out. Um, but some things we just don't. You know, like like
1: we see through a we see through a dark glass dimly, don't we? I mean, first.
0: we see. Yeah, we see through a glass darkly. We, his 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 ways are inscrutable. He acts in ways that make
2: don't make sense to us at times. And then his judgments are unsearchable. We go. I don't, you know, like
0: I don't see why this is a good idea. This seems like a bad idea. It seems like it's doing the wrong thing. But of course, we do. We lack the, we lack the omniscience, the you know, the omnipotence and the omnipresent to be able to assess God's, like why God is reaching that conclusion and when and one thing that really helps us is to remember the fall of man was was all regarding a desire to understand and adjudicate you know good and evil the knowledge of good and evil we want to be able to, to un, we want to have that knowledge like be like god and to be able to you know make assessments and adjudicate and, 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 and decide what's good and evil. And that mm-hmm. has been yep. humanity's biggest heartbreak yeah. over, over history. And every time, so, so God's ways are inscrutable at times, God's judgments are, are often unsearchable. And when we hit the walls and we can't, we can't make a sense of it, we can't fathom it,
1: we can't change what God it. God is doing. it. We, we, you know, we can't, can't, change we, we can't it. stop it. We can't change it. All of it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And we cry out with David in like a uh, Psalm 10 one. You know, why? Yeah. Why? Why? Oh Lord. Really? Um, you go, it, it, God is very compassionate. Like, that's not a bad question. That's not a sinful question necessarily. It's only sinful if we say, well, if you're the judge of all the earth, you're obviously doing wrong.
2: You know,
1: And and I and I and I no longer trust you. I'm going to, exactly. You know, I mean, there's a lot of attrition, you know, in today, and I just no longer trust you. I'm I'm pulling away from you.
0: Yeah, what what God is doing at that those moments when He hit the wall, we can't make sense of it. We can't fathom His judgments. God mercifully at that moment is saying
2: to us, just just hand back the fruit you know took the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil you you aren't equipped like if he's speaking to me it'd be a like, john you're not equipped to adjudicate that knowledge you can't you, you 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 now have more insight into it but you don't have you don't
0: have the the ability to manage it <laughs> you don't you don't You don't know all the factors. You don't have, you can't draw from all of history and all of the future and all the ways,
2: you know, all the millions of ways every decision plays out in the future. Like you, you know, that's why he was asking questions
0: of Job like Job. I was just going
1: to mention Job. Job. I mean, this is, it's hard not to think of Job right now.
0: Do you? You know, where where were you when you do this, and where, and what about this, and what about you know, basically, like, do you understand how all this works? Can, can you tell me? Can you advise
1: me? Yeah, really. Uh, and the whole book is really a, no. sympo- a symposium of man's effort, right? To <laughs> to to understand and well, to, to, mean, yeah. to adjudicate, as you say.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so you've got guys who are actually pretty well-meaning. Yeah, they're well-meaning. You know, his friends, like we we, we tend to we tend to like dis his friends.
1: Yeah,
2: oh. they were simply. They were simply, Best they could.
0: Um, I mean, they were, yeah, they were, they were seen as among the wisest. Yeah. yeah. And th- that was a, the prevalent understanding of justice. You know, God's, if God simply repays, like, he will curse you if you do evil. That's the way it works. And, you know, and, you know, Job, before he suffered, he very well may have, have agreed with them, you know. And it's just that when he was in the middle of his suffering, he was saying, this is not like that, guys. Like, you, you know, or if it is, I don't know. Like, I, I, I haven't, I can't point to anything that was any different than what was before when he was blessing me. I can't,
2: it doesn't make sense. His ways are inscrutable, and they're going, oh, come on. You know, that's, that's not the way God works he
0: only does this if there's a problem here, if there's an evil. So come just come on, Job. Yeah. yeah. And, and he's like, no, no, I'm not going to, you know, and it wasn't, he wasn't being stubborn. It was like, that's just not, I'm sorry guys. We're not, you're not getting it. You're not, you're not hitting the, and, and God says,
2: yep, Job's right. You guys are wrong. Um, but Job, I know you're frustrated with me. Let me just ask you, do you, do you have, he
0: doesn't answer his questions, all his whys and his self, like I didn't deserve this
1: and all that kind of, he's a, now can you, can you run the universe? Yeah. Yeah. There do really you isn't any path, you have tight answers at the end that God offers no. Job. Is there? No, it's
0: not. No, it's, 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 it's one of the forms of like Job. You've got to trust me with the knowledge of good and evil. It's often not. It's the, the way things really are is often not how it appears to human beings. You know, we we all we all want to explain it so that we have it clear in our heads. Well, you know, yeah, sure. God blesses you when you do what's great, and he, you know, he brings suffering if you do what's wrong. Well, that's not true. <laughs> that's um, not you know the writer the writer of Ecclesiastes. I mean, it's not always true because the writer of ecclesiastes says you know like like well there are some who who are righteous and they suffer what we understand to be the fate of the evil person and here's an evil person who seems to suffer the fate of the righteous person Hmm. he just acknowledges that yeah and and we uh, all know that because we all know people like that
1: mm -hmm. right yeah so you know, if I could ask, like, on a personal level, if you're willing to share, like, maybe, you don't have to share in any detail, but, like, experiences that you have gone through where this was playing out and you were being challenged on these edges that you're, that you're writing about in your book. Well, I'm sure there have been experiences because that's where good books come from, right? <laughs> the forge of mm-hmm. one's life, yeah. I mean, and, and the scriptures, of course. But um, do you find that – here's a just – sort of a question like as you're processing and going through it and it starts out with a very traumatic feeling and and you know very um uh earth sh- shaking um what would you say about the peace of the lord do you have have you felt the peace of the lord even if it was episodic like in episodes or little you know doses of peace that it's going to be okay and because i've i felt that recently you know um Mm-hmm. You know, sort of like a piece that mm-hmm. passes understanding. I don't agree with it. I don't. It's wrong. I don't agree with it. I don't believe that God agrees with it, and yet this little wave of peace will come. You know that that it, that it will be okay. Mm-hmm. Have you have you experienced that? I, I suppose you have. I'm sure.
0: Well, I've yeah. I mean, I, I have experienced the the peace that surpasses understanding which is like like when when you stop and just think about that statement you know Paul Paul of course in in Philippians 4 is addressing anxiety and he's he's saying in prayer offer your anxieties to God or or to use to use Peter's terminology from his epistle you know casting your cares and casting your anxieties on God. We cast our anxieties on him in prayer with thanksgiving. Okay. So, Uh, what that means is that so, so when when Paul includes thanksgiving, what he's doing is forcing us to acknowledge God's providence in whatever is making us anxious.
1: Wow. Okay. Well, well, that's that's that's, that's really good.
0: So, yeah. So, so he's saying, he's saying, because you can only give thanks to God
2: for, um, Whatever's causing you to be anxious, if you believe that that he's
0: he's working, this is one of those all things from Romans eight twenty that he's working together for your good. So, and that doesn't mean he's not just passively working it. You know, it's like he's he's actively doing that,
2: and you know, I,
1: so even if something happens, gonna, if I could ask, even if something happens, that is. Like clearly against God's law, if you will, you know, clearly mm-hmm. against what is true and good, and and from God's standards, He's still working in it. You're saying? Well, it's pretty hard to. I mean, or, now, now, before before I jump into the weeds of it, with the really
0: hard experiential existential nature of that question that we all. That all bends us you know that bends every one of us to the ground in grief and perplexity at times, we need to say if we if if God is as sovereign as the Bible paints him to be and he's working all things after the counsel of his will, as Isaiah says, hmm. then um. Then, considering that you know let's say you know now we got about eight billion people in the world, and so so you just multiply how many sins a day does each person do, and how many of those how many of of you know of individuals who are sinning are do are conducting things right now that are going to brutally take the life of someone or damage the life of someone or multiple people, and then And have this ripple effect through thousands who are, as as a consequence of it, or even millions. You know, like, um, and and you just got to look back at the Holocaust and just put your hand over your mouth and say, "No, now um, it's pretty hard to make the case that a God who is sovereign and has and exercises providence." given the exponential and we're not even talking about the unseen beings that are per- perpetrating evil that we, that we call the demonic realm hmm. what is what is providence and sovereignty look like in the world of that much evil and chaos
2: hmm.
0: intentional Good question yeah and not even natural evil just 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 by by moral agents you know evil being perpetrated by moral agents yeah. it's it's incalculable and it's and it might as well throw yourself in you know, either either he's no he, if he's either he doesn't exist and that's just a fairy tale you know or he's you know he, he isn't anything like what we you know to call him omnipotent almighty is a misnomer because
1: yeah he's not stopping you know, it. yeah
0: yeah, I mean that just that's a flood of evil that that either you're strong enough to to counter or everybody's being swept away. So so that so that's like that's the big big kind of meta question like the the, the meta issue. And if we embrace you know the bible does not paint god like that. He <laughs> just doesn't. You know maybe maybe we want him to fit into that because it's a it's a cleaner moral system for us to to stomach or or to understand you know because because we we can't fathom we can't fathom um how a good righteous person can have providential authority over over evil and allow it to happen and you know like and and when we say allow the the actual providential term for that is
2: decree Mm-hmm. Okay so,
0: and God portrays himself through his prophets and apostles and whatever as some as someone whose decree holds all of reality together he holds he holds the cosmos together by the word of his power yeah, <laughs> that means the de- mm-hmm. demonic realm included, right. Yeah. So this this is we're talking about a god of substantial sovereignty whose wisdom to be to be able to do that to be that kind of a person with evil. Now, that does not mean that god god approves of evil in a moral way. Okay? We're now we're in the weeds. Now, we don't know how it works because we don't have the complexity of being to hold those things in tandem we, we experience it because we are both we, we have both good and evil i mean we have good impulses righteous impulses loving um motives and we have evil despicable depraved impulses and motives so we, we actually live that reality but we can't but those are, that's like a divided, that's, that's kind of the divided nature that we live with as Christians, you know, regenerated nature with remaining sin in our,
2: you know,
1: yeah, yeah. in our members. Yeah, still. yeah, sure. In Lamentations. So, so we, yes. Yep. Yeah. Lamentations. Lamentations. In Lamentations three twenty-one yeah. 21 to 23 is one of your meditations and... You know, many will probably recognize this, um, but this I call to mind, that may be a very interesting phrase right there in this passage, but, and therefore I have hope, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases, his mercy never comes to an end, they are new every morning, great is your faithfulness. Um, Yeah, what's your thought there in that meditation? I suppose it's something about calling to mind, right?
0: That's it. Well, that's a great. Actually, that's a great segue from what we we're just talking about because we we're talking about the big problem with God's. Like, is He sovereign over the, over these terrible things that we just disagree with? Like that, we go, no, 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 no. Like that's not like that, that can't be that can't be like an like a some some sort of manifestation of your will, God. It's it's evil, right? So we go to lamentations and we. I think I, I, I say in the book that that, the ver- that verse from, from Lamentations 3 the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases, his mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. That's probably or arguably the most famous statement in the Bible on God's faithfulness. That's where you get the hymn, Great mm-hmm. is thy faithfulness. Yeah. And all that kind of. So, <laughs> But you know what he was talking about? The context? The context. The whole book of Lamentations is one tragic, grievous poem with these threads of hope woven through it, of lament over the destruction of Jerusalem by the Babylonians.
2: Yeah. Wow.
0: When they swept in and they decimated the the southern kingdom of mm-hmm. Judah at that time. So and they destroyed. Jerusalem. They burnt the temple to the ground. They slaughtered the priests. They raped the women. They they let they they, they killed young and old in the streets. They left their corpses in the streets to to just dry shrivel up like black you know raisins on the on the street. And he so the, these are descriptions from the Book of Lamentations. Mm. So so when we say great is thy faithfulness, when we're quoting scripture, yeah, yeah, it's it is it is a right statement, but it is not a light statement or a trivial statement. It's not a it's the context wasn't the bountiful, blessed provision of God of the most wonderful things. He wasn't just he wasn't just exalting. Um not that those are Aren't grand, wonderful times? He, the context was, was the destruction of Israel, and and what he acknowledges in that book is that it was the it was the judgment, the wrathful judgment of God that that Moses had prophesied about, and that numerous prophets had had talked about, warned them about for centuries before it happened. Sure. Turn, repent, yeah. turn, repent. Turn, repent. Turn, repent. Because judgment is coming. And it, and it didn't, and when it came, it was more
1: horrible. So even thing. in that self-infliction of that, the faithfulness of God is still is still there to be called upon called. To when, mind. You
0: when you say when you say self- afflicted, you might say what you mean is
1: consequential or the
0: The nation yeah. d- d- deserved it. but let's just think about that for a second. No, not every victim what yeah. would have been an unrighteous person
1: jeremiah certainly the whole, wasn't the, yeah. the,
0: po- the population was you know and 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 most of the people who had rebelled against god were already dead had already died of other natural causes you know in the in the previous centuries yeah
2: yeah, yeah.
0: so so it so, was this particular per- group of people uh, yeah. some of which were, were many of which were still kind of living in rebellion but not all some of them would have been faithful sure um yeah you know we, we, we would be naive Knowing what we do about about the way things actually play out in real life, that that like that no unrighteous person was touched. That's not the way it works. The Babylonians came in and they slaughtered. And and this and this writer was just expressing his grief in this, pouring out his grief in his, in this book. And it's beyond his ability to understand. The judgments were beyond his ability to search out. God's ways were inscrutable. He acknowledges that that it was God god was bringing his justice that he had told him about but he was he was describing how it was actually ex- being experienced by him and others in that moment and it was horrible and then he acknowledges so when i say this i call to mind so because he his he what he says a couple of verses later is um my like i have forgotten what happiness is my my uh you know, like, like, I'm blanking out. I should I should have it here, but um, but he says my my. Basically, he's saying my hope has perished. My hope in the Lord, my hope from the Lord, has perished. My hope. I don't. I don't any longer have any hope. This is this is beyond. And then he but, but this this I called to mind. And what is he calling to mind? He's calling to mind the promises. That God has made through the prophets and psalmists that um that this that the judgment was not gonna be the last word, right but- He would bring again his blessing to Israel, he would not reject
1: them forever, wasn't it Daniel later so, who was reading from jeremiah yep yeah. yeah about the yeah. about the remnant returning, yeah yep, yeah.
0: yep. Yeah. Yep, and um, and so he he's this I call the mind, and therefore I have hope, because what he was seeing just depleted him of hope. Sure, we're never coming back from this. I don't see us ever coming back from this.
1: Okay, mm-hmm. and then
2: he and then and then
0: he
1: and this is no small and, thing, John, because this is the nation of Israel. This is the messianic line, right? That, yeah. th- that was promised in the. Uh, General evangelium genesis three fifteen and uh yeah. this is no small matter
0: <laughs> no, no small matter indeed and and and
2: notice um notice how the Bible just lays it out there like the
0: one of the most wonderful things about the Bible is that it does not hide the warts and you know meaning the sins and the weaknesses of its you know, yeah. saints.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> he just throws them out there.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And then these, these these things that God ways that God exercises his providence, the way that God brings about his judgments. Um, you know, yes, the Babylonians, you know,
2: afflicted them, but 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 all the prophets knew that God was acting through them.
0: Right? Yep. I mean he was it, you can you cannot say God was just kind of his hands were off and he's like, "Oh God, shoot, I they're going too far." You know like um no. If if you read back what God said was going to happen, if if Israel rejected him and didn't like wouldn't trust him and rebelled and whatever all the things that Moses laid out, some of them horrible, including cannibalism, you know, parents eating their children. That all happened. You know, it gets mentioned in Lamentations. So, all those things, like like you can't, you just can't say, you know, you can't, you know, don't lay that at God's feet. You know, it's not his. You know, it it was the it was the people's sin, and then the Babylonians, like like God let it happen. But he's basically saying it's natural consequence. No, no, that's not how he portrays it. God does not portray Himself as completely passive. He's saying, I will bring this about. And he does. Now, it's horrible. And it's, and it's his, in that case, his wrathful judgments are unsearchable. Like,
2: really? Really? Yeah. Like, yeah. And, 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 I, I mean, you have things going through
0: your mind. Like I'm not sure what, what what's burdening you, but so obviously it's something very significant. And I have things in my life or things I've observed. Like you have that I just go. You know, in, no s-
2: systematic theological, um, you know, explanation captures the existential horror of some things evil is dark and more evil than
0: our categories can possibly articulate
2: and it's hard it's hard it's
1: it's inappropriate to be entirely dogmatic isn't it about our theological systems if you will (laughs) you're saying yeah i mean
0: I mean, that's You're part saying of this why rises, Job,
1: This rises above it, yeah. Yeah.
0: You know, trying to speak of things too wonderful for us to know, as comes from Joe, right? He's, he, he, he's like, I got to put my hand over my mouth here because I've been speaking of things too wonderful for me to know. And wonderful, we use wonderful as like, oh, wonderful. You know, <sighs> wonderful is more like like it, anything that makes you wonder whether it's be, it's gloriously beautiful. Or it's horrifically terrible. Both make you can leave you bewildered. Sure, or they, are, they are wonderful, and and you can speak of both. Just too tritely, you know. When you say God is good, God is good. The goodness of God um, is is so good. We hardly. You, know, you get you get these little tastes in life, and someday we, you know. But we can hardly bear. We can hardly bear. Hardly bear his
1: goodness. I mean, like like yes, like, like Moses. Let me place you in the cleft of the rock, and I will make you see all exactly. my goodness right pass before you. But it was like it would have what killed him. I, I suppose it would have. It would have killed him. Yeah, yeah, you can't
0: bear it. It's unbearable. His his goodness is unbearable. Evil is also unbearable. You know, we can we can take it to a certain point, and then after that, it's unbearable. You know, it's, you know, it's not a moral, it's not a moral problem for us to go, wow, God's goodness is just beyond it, but it, it feels like a moral problem. We go, the evil is, be, is beyond what I can bear. And I've got to, I've got to, at some point just bow and say, oh God, God, my, I can't, I can't help but say why, why, um, but but I will not speak of things too wonderful for me to know to, to accuse you of not knowing what you're doing or 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 being evil because I don't just because I'm so limited I'm so limited be- and that was the warning don't eat of the fruit of this tree because you don't know what it is that you think you want
2: <laughs> oh, don't yeah, yeah. let me. Let me
0: arbitrate that. Let me adjudicate that for you. Let me carry that load. You're not strong enough to bear that load. You're not.
1: I mean, one day we will know and, fully, uh, right? Even as we are fully known, we First, will First Corinthians well, 13.
0: Yeah, we will know. We will. I think he's speaking like um, Paul in you know in in First Corinthians 13. There, he's he's. We will, in other words, no longer will we have the filter that we do. Call, we, he calls that dark glass that's shaded, you know, if you're just, so you just, you look through, you're peering through and you're seeing some outlines, but you don't really see things clearly. We're not going to have that filter. Um, we won't know omnisciently like God knows, as, yes. as God fully knows us. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And and so we won't know to the full extent, but we won't have the filter. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. We will see face to face. Yeah. Uh, we will yeah, see face to
2: face. then
1: and you know it's going to be a much more wow it's hard to imagine difficult impossible to imagine though much more clear-minded yeah. that will be for us but um it will satisfy and, us and, i think we have to say it will satisfy us and that's what,
0: what that's part you know that's the burden of this book is for is to help those of us you would you would ask me you know what what, what, what kind of things have you experienced and i know i didn't didn't answer with my, with many specifics, but I have gone through, you know, dark nights of the soul and faith crises. So I've had these dark moments when, you know, you just wonder,
2: uh, you know, does, do you, God, do you even exist? I don't, I don't, yeah. I, I'm, I, I've lost
0: sight. I don't see this. I don't see it. I don't see it anymore. Like I don't, I've been there. um, you know, I watched. Uh, yeah, I've I had. You know, I'm not going to pretend to um, have suffered some of the terrible things that that I'm sh- that that you may have and and listeners will have suffered. You know, I, I I didn't go through the 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 trauma of sexual abuse. I haven't gone through you know um, serious serious betrayal of a of a spouse or a, of a friend or yeah. a, I haven't. Um, there's lots of things that I haven't had, I haven't had a serious disease. Like there's lots of things that I'm not going to pretend that I know from experience, but I do, but I, but I have been with, I mean, I, 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 have you know, I've been with my suicidal friends, talking them down, you know, I've been with, um, my, when my sister passed away, um, of a sudden unexpected stroke you know, just you i've been my father had uh, suffered mental illness and, and it was terrible it just it was you know and i you know, it's a hard thing when you when you actually experience you watch somebody you love melt down and you don't like he doesn't have control over his mind and and you know in the moment when you're watching it play out in front of you it doesn't fit into the into the categories as neat and cleanly as as it might, if you're just sort of, you know, thinking about it abstractly and dispassionately, it just you're just watching a life being destroyed mm. and the impact on a family. Mm-hmm.
2: Um,
0: I've watched, uh, you know, I so tragedies, tragedies, um, playing out all around, and you can't live in this world mm-hmm. yet with your eyes open and not go. God, there, like it is, you know, that that uh, old Louis Armstrong. It's a wonderful world. Uh, Yeah, it's a wonderful world. It's it's got its um, ineffable glories, but man, it has its ineffable horrors and tragedies.
1: That and yet the earth is the Lord's right fullness thereof.
0: The earth is the yeah, no, no. Um, so I've that's where that's where these things come from. It comes from the wrestling of of how do I handle it? How do I see the Bible telling us how to handle it? Like, what does the Bible say? And it says a lot, you know. And and so once you spot it, so the goal of this book, this these hundred meditations on the faithfulness of God in true to His Word. The goal here is to help us train our eyes, you know, by repeatedly looking at different ways God's faithfulness plays out, in unexpected ways mostly, in ways that we don't expect, in ways during times that are terrible in Scripture. Mm. Because the Bible does not hide these. Mm. He puts them out there. God doesn't say a lot about faithfulness. Most of the verses about faithfulness in the Bible aren't really descriptions of, of it. They're just more, you know, declarations of it. You know, God's faith, God is faithful, great is thy faithfulness. But the descriptions of it are everywhere. But you have to you have to cultivate your ability to see them because when, when we have certain frameworks of understanding, so that's where, our, let's get back to, our, you know, our, our theologies. They, they form like lenses, grids, filters. We often don't... We often only mainly see the things that the filters are emphasizing, and we don't see other things.
2: Yeah, exactly. And so my yeah, goal yeah.
0: here is my goal here is to help train our eyes to to see more clearly the way God's faithfulness plays out. Um, at in, at times and in ways that that maybe we haven't seen it before, and we haven't didn't understand that to be God's faithfulness playing out, and so. And so the emphasis of the book—not all the meditations, but but a lot of them—are on the more difficult, confusing uh, w- ways in which God's faithfulness plays out, so that we can so we can have the peace that surpasses understanding. So we can give thanks in moments of great anxiety. Mm-hmm. And and have the peace, and it, because when he, when Paul says the peace that surpasses understanding, mm-hmm. that's just you can think understand that to be another way of saying God, here is the fruit. I'm going to let you carry. Yeah, I'm going to let you
2: it carry frees- the the
0: weight of the knowledge of good and evil, and I won't take that on myself because I can't bear it,
1: God. You know, it just I mean, as you, you say you that, as you're saying that from you know, Philippians four, um, it frees us from the tyranny that. I can't have peace in this until I understand it, right? Yes, I can have peace oh, without yeah. understanding it. It, it. it, the peace surpasses it. What a gift! What a, yeah. What a what a blessed and if, gift! And if, and if, God's way, if God's ways are, ins- if, God's
2: ways
0: are ins- if God's ways are inscrutable and His judgments are unsearchable, like it's a it's an exercise in futility to to think that you're going to yeah. Somehow yeah, understand it's, it's never the, the most complex, yeah. terrible things that nobody has been able to 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 like the, the, that Gordian knot that nobody can untangle. Ah, yes, un- yes, untangle Gordian. except for God.
1: Scenario presents itself so, to you as a Gordian knot, you know. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. And you can't, you know, but but when you when you you
0: know if. And I'm, I'm, maybe I'm going to end up destroying the, the, the metaphor here, but I'll just attempt it because it's sort of impossible to came to mind. But, you know, if we wield the sword of the, of the spirit of the word of God, because what, 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 what gives us hope, what actually strengthens our faith is you're holding that metaphorical shield of faith. And you're wielding the sword of the word of God. The the writer of Lamentation says, "This I call to mind, and therefore I have hope." And what he called to mind was specific promises from God's revealed word yeah. that gave him hope. In other words, it means it means it, it gave him faith, and he didn't. And he was able to experience peace because he wasn't being nailed by those, you know, flaming darts, kind of like a, a yeah,
1: doubt absolutely. and accusation and is really anger
0: and whatever.
1: Helping and me, so, man.
0: So. Going back to the Gordian knot, you know the 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 myth goes that you know this this knot existed in this ancient Grecian town, right? Or not not, not Greece, but anyway, it, over in that region, the, the sort of the Near East region, and um and for centuries it was there. Um and and the and the prophecy was that you know whoever came. You know, whoever was able to to undo the knot would be you know would be the ruler. <laughs> and uh, the myth goes that Alexander the Great comes in and um he gives he gives a, a shot at undoing the knot, can't do it, pulls out a sword and cuts through it. <laughs> and then goes on to conquer, you know, basically all the Near East. So um if if uh if the sword is the word you, you can You can cut through your Gordian knots, not meaning you solved them, you don't solve them because Alexander didn't solve them cut he cut them, he destroyed its power um, you know to to befuddle everybody by cutting through it
2: mm. yeah.
0: yeah God is able to untie it, yeah, he doesn't ask us to do it though he asks us to you know here uh, you can destroy the power of it you can you can restore your hope. Revive your hope that has perished.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: If you'll take, if you'll trust my word, it will cut through that knot that's 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 driving you to distraction. Yes, and you can have the peace. Trust the word that surpasses understanding. You don't need to know how the knot gets untied. Yeah, you just need to know that there's a power stronger than the knot.
1: Power stronger than the knot. And wow, true to his word, I love this. And I've been personally edified here. I want to thank you for writing this, Um, John. And, you know, to me, as I'm thinking about your book, I don't think it's a mistake that it's coming post-COVID and all of the trauma of that. And yet, if we're honest, we're probably looking at a couple of good decades to come, maybe longer of some, you know, some some naughty things in this world, you know? <laughs> um, yeah.
0: Like all of the rest of human history. Right? I, I mean,
1: you're right. Like, like all of the rest of human history. We're not in a sense, not, we tend to think that we're, we're peculiar we're times entirely. We're not entirely special. Are we? And <laughs> no. yeah. How about one of those centuries during the middle ages, which historians say that, you know, it was oh. the darkest century of all to live in. I don't know, but um Yes. Yeah. Tremendous. Um, training our eyes, right? I'm thinking of, uh, training I, your eyes. I guess it's mm-hmm. Ephesians 117, spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of the Lord. He would, and, and that the eyes of our understanding would be yeah. enlightened.
2: And yeah. um, that That's we can right.
1: know the hope of our calling. There's hope and so on. And, um, yep. That's right. That's I love good. the idea that we're not subject to the tyranny of having to know everything, figure it out, or even untie it. I was actually praying about something recently, um, John, and I was, part of my prayer was, Lord, can we untie this? You know, <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
1: can you and I untie this? I'm, I'm, You know, me with faith and prayer and give me anything you want me to do and say about it, but mainly you, but can we untie it? And um, I don't know. I, I Apparently there's peace available without it being untied, if need be, in hope and joy. Trust, yeah, yeah. I Appreciate this, John.
2: I'll, can I just say one more thing? Absolutely. Because let's just let's just
0: draw it back to the to the cross, to the gospel. Okay. Because the moment, the most, the most bewildering moment where God exercises is providential rule, His sovereign rule through the, through a particular providence to show that He that he can destroy the power of evil is the cross of Jesus which was also the most evil dark moment of human history mm. when god enters the scene and is himself slaughtered um, for and 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 you know you can say well the romans killed him and and you know and the and the, the jewish authorities coordinated it and and you know, it's not God.
2: That's um that's not how the New Testament talks about it. Yep. Yep. God put forth his son. And Jesus says,
0: No one takes my life from me, I lay it down willingly. That's right, that's right. And um- and he and it's the darkest moment, and everybody except you know, maybe there was a couple people, maybe you know, some of the couple of the, the women or maybe the apostle John, I'm not sure. Like when it was playing out, it was going, oh, most of the disciples didn't get it, and all of the followers, most basically had, had kind of stopped following him because he was in trouble. You know, like, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and there he is, he's on the cross, he's alone. Nobody understands what's going on. It looks like the end, and everybody's like. Mm-hmm. You know, like you, you remember, the, you remember the guys who were walking to Emmaus. They're like, yeah, you yeah, yeah, know, we thought this guy was going to be the redeemer of Israel, and gosh, it just came to a terrible end. And that's how everybody felt. But it wasn't that. It, the, what was really playing? And here's like when you're facing, when you're dealing with something dark. This is this is the picture we can keep in mind. Now we may not be able to explain it. It may not satisfy all the moral questions that we have about it. Um, it's you know the cross of Jesus certainly hasn't. I mean, they're still being arguing about whether how moral it was for God to you know kill a son and you know it, it, you know. But what was playing out there was mercy. God was acting most faithfully at the moment. It looked like he was being least faithful to to Jesus. That's the way his followers would have seen it. As well, he's not being faithful you know to, to him. He's letting him die. Like, like mm-hmm. I don't see how that's faithful. Mm-hmm. That's terrible. That's the worst. And, and not only just die, I mean terrible death. And and uh and yet God was acting most faithfully. And then and then it becomes later, you know, what I'm doing now, you do not understand, but
2: afterward mm-hmm.
0: you will understand. Yeah. And and it's there in the gospel, like that reality, all of it in all of its darkness, all of its complexity, the faithfulness of God acting in the darkest moments, playing itself out to, in the most wonderful ways, both ways. It's wonderful. Mm. The gospel is wonderful in mm. both senses.
2: Mm. Yeah. It's but but to the ultimately,
0: ultimately, ultimately, the light, the darkness does not overcome the light. <laughs> ultimately, the gospel is, brings about joy and peace. And afterward, someday, we will really understand, yeah, and and all our questions will be like, you know, you, oh, the depths of your of of the of the riches of your knowledge and your wisdom, oh God, mm. you know, to you, to Boy. you be all the glory, yeah, bro.
1: amen. I mean, I think you can read a good solid book like this in a crisis mode, but also read it as preface. Just get ready because (laughs) um, it's coming coming. in this world. You will have trouble, but take courage. I've overcome it. Jesus said, and you might as well just get equipped to get on the front of the wave and get, get equipped in this way. I appreciate you, John J O N right. And so desiring org. If he has hundreds, maybe thousands of articles there, if you go and search his name, J O N John Bloom. And, um, True to His Word by Moody Publishers. Uh, Thanks for your time, John. Really appreciate it. Thanks for going through what it takes to write a book like this. Thanks, John Bloom, for carving out a little time and being willing to open the mics. I believe you've enjoyed and benefited from this content today, friend. Would you consider passing this along to someone you feel needs this or would value this right now? Anyone can always search Jesus Smart favorite podcast app, including Spotify, iHeartRadio, Audible, Amazon Music. It's also on YouTube, just about everywhere podcasts are heard. You know, there's a call going out for serious-minded Christ followers who, who really want to develop as an apprentice of Christ and his kingdom. This podcast is our humble attempt to contribute to that quest And today's theme, again, drawing on the faithfulness of God via His Word in these seasons of challenge. And even when our understanding is incomplete, it's an important Christ-like dynamic. Christ experienced this Himself on the cross. He trusted the Father. And the Father is looking for this Christ-like dynamic in us as well. Father, pray with me for just a moment. I lift up my friend our listeners, and I lift up myself to you. Oh God, may we trust in you with all of our heart and lean not to our own understanding. But in all of our ways, may we acknowledge you, may we know you by direct intimate contact, and you will smooth and straighten and direct our pathways. I thank you for peace incomprehensible beyond our limited perception. What a gift. Father, would you encourage each listener today, and may we go to your word, and in that, may we go to your living voice through the word to us, and may we receive a fresh impartation and imputation of the faithfulness of God into our soul, into our spirit, into our life. We thank you for it, Lord. We give you glory. You can visit desiringgod.org and search for articles and books by John Bloom. And uh, again, to take things further, go to the show notes page at jesussmart.com 290. Let's go deeper so we can go higher in our quest to serve God and to know him. I appreciate you.